0: Log Talk Radio. Let's get this show started, shall we? Actually, you know what? Hang on. Let's see here. Da 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 dumm for okay.
1: brighter days ahead. Yeah, 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 brighter days ahead. Hulk Hogan is here! Hulk-
0: About. Who's third is he? Right. What are you talking about? Yes, sir! Get him, Hogan! Go get him, baby! Come on and get some of this now! Who's bad now, boys? Hulk Hogan arrives. hook hook What is oh he my doing? God. Is he the third He's man? The third man! What oh. the hell? Is trade WCW! He is the Birdman! man! Look at that picture! Oh my god! What the hell is going on? Oh my god! Are you kidding me? Uh, probably the lowest shot ever given to professional wrestling. That man did right there, Hulk Hogan. Let's get everybody out of the dressing room right now and kick his rear end. Unbelievable, brother. <laughs> what, have no the huh? what have I been saying all these years? What have I been saying all these years? Oh, you I, oh my kid? god! A career Imagine. of a lifetime! Right down the drain, kid! I hope you love it! Can, Can you feel those just little... Sold, just sold the devil? See those little the holsters with the tears I, rolling down their face right now? We are not going to even acknowledge three count. Now what happens to us? What happens now to WCW? There was no three count! I never thought I would say that he's yellow, but he may be wearing red, but he's wearing red AND yellow! What do we do now? Uh, I'll tell you what. Uh. This is a unbelievable situation right here at Bass Beach. Okay. Hulkamania, the third guy with the outsider betrayed WCW. Can't talk. Excuse me. Excuse me. What in the world are you thinking? Me, Gene, the first thing you need to do is to tell these people to shut up if you want to hear what I got to say. I have been with you for so many years. For you to join up with the likes of these two men absolutely makes me sick to my stomach. And I think that these people here and a lot of other people around the world have had just about enough of this band, this band, and you want to put yourself in this group? You've got to be kidding me. Well, the first thing you've got to realize, brother, is this right here is the future of wrestling. You can call this the new world order of wrestling, brother. There's no need to
1: play the whole way through. And yes, that was a historical moment in professional wrestling that sparked a whole new era, opened a whole new can of worms. And why play one of the greatest sound soundbites in wrestling war history? Because now, ladies and gentlemen, we are in the middle of a new wrestling war, which includes... Social media, which includes tweets, which includes a lot of back and forth. I'm pretty sure that these guys and gals are friends. Some of this shits personal between Cody Rhodes' camp and Tony Khan's camp. WWE or not WWE, AEW. Sorry, slip of the tongue. But you get what I'm saying. There's we are in the middle of a current wrestling war, and just recently, you know, I've noticed how things have picked up with WWE. As far as continuity goes, as far as stories are going, people will complain and bellyache, gripe. Right? Bitch, complain, each beg. You know it's a good rest the show if you've got the smarts complaining, right? I mean, look. Recently, WWE Raw has been great. It hasn't been a bunch of past-the-mic episodes where nothing but promo, 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 <clears throat> fucking promo. And then three matches later, we have a show. No, sir. WWE has improved upon their shit, little by little. And though it had a confusing ending for Extreme Rules, which <laughs> I will intentionally go over, vaguely. i go over that first before I go to Raw, before I go to NXT 2.0, which... You know, it's gotten better. It has gotten better. And maybe people have taken notice of when people say things like Vic Joseph, who still sounds like he stubs his toe, but has gotten somewhat better on commentary. I still don't pay attention to those three, to be honest with you. Is it sad that that's going on right now? I mean, no, you guys are messaging me. That's awesome. That's uh, if you want to message me with cool stuff, you know, or... Junk mail, I don't care. There's stuff about wrestling, which is even more better. It's wrestleradio network forward slash Facebook dot com. Wrestle underscore radio on Instagram and on Twitter it's at underscore Brian Rails. Enough of that shit. So Extreme Rules and Liv Morgan versus Carmella. And although, you know, there was no extreme elements, I mean, they did use the outside of the ring. They did use the inside of the ring. Liv Morgan did better outside of the ring and hit her flatliner. One, two, three, Carmella loses. (laughs) At the beginning, also, you had Big E. And the New Day versus Bobby Lashley, almost. AJ Styles. There's some miscues between Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles, who tried to tag himself in. Spear. One, two, three. Not going to go over much else from Extreme Rules other than the fact that there's a tag team title match from the Usos and the Street Prophet. And, well, to be quite honest with you, I really, during the entirety of that match, it wasn't bad. It was very back and forth. Yeah. Montez Ford hit a fucking frog splash and the Usos 1-2. Kick out! <laughs> the rest of that, you know, that match was such a blur. I'm telling you what's it. <clears throat> The Usos end up getting a clean victory, question mark, question mark, what the fuck? Okay, Sheamus, Damian Priest, Jeff Hardy, not a bad match. It just needed to have happened what happened the next night. So Damian Priest ended up retaining, and it it wasn't a bad match. It just wasn't a good match either. Also, the Raw Women's Championship match, Alexa Bliss versus Charlotte Flair, there were some moments in that match but it overall was not a great match you know sunset bomb by Alexa Bliss I love whenever she hits that just makes it really cool because Charlotte's tall and it gives the element of holy shit she just she just put someone that's that tall over <clears throat> we knew Charlotte Flair was going to retain that championship natural selection she rips up Lily at the end nothing special happens a lot of people are saying that Alexa Bliss is going to shed the hoodoo, you know, voodoo, hex gimmick, whatever. Charlotte Flair ended up getting the win, one, two, three. And then shortly thereafter that, let's see here. Hmm. Interesting that happened after that. Let me Let me think. Kind of, sort of.
0: But let's be real. I mean, in all honesty, folks,
1: the main event between Finn Balor and Roman Reigns wasn't that bad. And, yes, I'm pretty sure I skipped over something, if I'm not mistaken. The match between Finn Balor and Roman Reigns, the part where Finn Balor, you know, comes out as the Demon King, and he shows that he's impervious to pain... This, that, the other. I don't know if there's going to be any backstory to the ending, but before that, he had a lot of back and forth, with Roman, Donate, and then Finn Balor would make a comeback, or the Demon King, I should say. The Demon would make his comeback, and oddly enough, he almost fought off all three, you know the Usos and, and Roman. There's no DQ. There's Kendo 6. There were tables, so this, this element did have extreme... Not really put into it, but I will fast forward for you. There was a part in that match where the Demon King revived himself after he had just been speared through the fucking barricade, and the music pops on, and he starts flopping about as if he's you know his heartbeat is coming back to full fruition. And then after that, you know Finn Balor goes on a huge offensive tear. about to hit the second coup de gras. And then all things, you know, the top rope breaks. So I'm wondering if there's going to be some backstory to that. But ladies and gentlemen, Extreme Rules wasn't that bad. It just wasn't that great either, if I'm being honest with you. And they can't really change two, you know, they cannot change any championships. Not one. Because Becky, oh, yes. Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. Sasha Banks interfered right when Bianca Belair was about to win her second SmackDown Women's Championship. So, that match I enjoyed because I was half asleep during Bianca-Becky. You guys wanted an extended match. You knew that she wasn't going to uh, get said championship back that quick now, did you? She might tease it at Rumble, you know, where she goes through other set women wins their second Royal Rumble, becoming the first female to win back-to-back Rumbles. I'm just boldly predicting that because unless you guys have forgotten me saying this, I don't think Bianca Belair is going to be pushed to the back of the line anytime soon. She's proven why she's main event material, and that was in NXT very quickly. Now she's doing it on main roster. So that's Extreme Rules. And if I missed any matches, well, you guys know that you have Peacock, and you can always hit the replay button and press play, and it's about two hours. It's under three hours, about two hours and 56 minutes total. I know that's the freaking nature thing in me. But um, <clears throat> in Columbus, Ohio, that was a, another pay-per-view where the crowd was into it regardless, because we didn't go to shit last year. So that's why a lot of wrestling fans are into what they're into. Now... On the Raw in Cincinnati, Ohio, which is kind of funny, folks, because this is where extreme rules should have taken place because of the style of matches that have happened. So yeah, the booking the booking team probably wanted to save shit for later, probably got a lot of backlash, thinking, gee, you know, if we don't give the fans a semblance of extreme, we're in trouble, said nobody ever from their current writing staff. You had Big E versus Bobby Lashley to kick off the night for the WWE Championship. And a little, you know, sign of welcome from both Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. So now, this was during the match when Big E was about to put things away, okay, versus Lashley. I don't think he would have gotten a three count, but, you know, he could have easily still picked up a victory somehow, right? So Shelton Benjamin comes down to ringside. And Alexander comes down to ringside. Then you have the New Day, who basically essentially saved Big E's hide. Because I don't think if uh, those two come down to ringside, then you won't have a save. Then you won't have a cage match later on, which was made by Adam Pearce. Then Charlotte Flair had an open challenge. drop. then, you know, comes to Sonya Deville and Adam Pearce and says, you know, I think I could challenge them, blah, blah, blah. Angel Garza with Humberto Carrillo versus Eric from the Viking Raiders. This match really uh, uh, didn't really sit well with me, and that's because why are you putting a high-caliber dude on one half of the tag team that basically romped through NXT against Angel Garza? Angel Garza off the distraction from Humberto ends up winning the match through a wing clipper one, two, three. Like I said, I wasn't fond of that match in particular because shouldn't the big guy dominate the little guy, but the little guy who has the distractions is up looking dirty. What the fuck ever.
0: Let's move on. Bearcat versus Akira Tozawa.
1: Yeah, no. I'm not a fan of uh, the new name. I think this is ridiculous. I think they. If you keep repackaging this dude, it's going to end up bad, and it's not going to end well. But oh well, you know, he's he's had a match, and it wasn't that great. Then you had Damian Priest versus Sheamus in a no disqualification match, a rematch for the United States Championship. Let me tell you, this is one of my favorite matches of the night. Because not only did it have hardcore elements, but these guys actually were laying in their kicks, their punches, every fucking thing under the kitchen sink. You want to talk about dominant performance, those two basically stole the show, in my opinion. Of course, okay, I'm going to get to a new day and uh, hurt business during the cage match you know, between Bobby Lashley and Big E. That was also a good one. But uh, let's you know, let's not forget the matches in between. So Damian Priest ended up getting the victory off of the, of the Reckoning. There's like 10 to six tables, and Alabama Slammer on, chi- on on basic gammers, which hurts like fucking shit. Um, so Priest ended up retaining that. So yeah, he had a pointless six-man tag match with Mustafa Ali, Thor, and Matt Riddle, or not Matt Riddle, Jeff Hardy. Versus Jinder Mahal, Veer, and got his name and Shanky. Well, uh, the team with Jinder Mahal ended up winning. Who cares? There's Kerry and Cross, and his promo. And he f- he went one on one with Jackson Riker. Cross ends up getting a submission move, and then, as I said, mentioned earlier in this. Charlotte Flair's open challenge. job went to the back to ask for her open challenge. And let's see what else we have on tap for you guys today. So, AJ Styles versus Matt Riddle. I can tell you his riddle got, you know, some back and forth in that ring, and he didn't end up victorious. So, Charlotte Flair... Versus Dewdrop. Eva Marie ended up interfering, and thank God for Shayna Baszler. Thank you, dear, for taking Eva Marie off TV. No one wants to see that pink-haired floozy. I'm just telling you. Well, I could say pink-haired airhead. Pink hair, no talent. A lot of people may understand that I really don't care. Dewdrop actually showed up, and it was a very dominant match. It's just she wasn't meant to be. She ended up losing to the
0: narcissist – I mean Charlotte Flair.
1: So now we're on to the main event with the cage match between Big E and Bobby Lashley. So the stage is already set, and there's some dramatic happened before, which was Big E basically beat the shit out of uh, Big E – or not Big E and Big E. Bobby Lashley, that's interesting. Does Biggie have a twin? I don't, you know, I don't think so. But anyways, Bobby Lashley, my correction. Sorry, folks. Bobby Lashley ended up beating the shit out of Biggie before the match started. And then you had the Hurt Business get involved and tried to prevent... Big E from exiting the top of the cage Then the New Day came out And slammed the cage and you know On Bobby Lashley's ugly mug So Order was supposedly restored Folks, and the match had a very good uh, Very good pace So I thought Goldberg was going to come out and spear Lashley You know, as he tried to get it up the cage or something But I guess they're saving that shit for The India show But, um Biggie from the second rope hit the big ending and it was one, two, three. So my overall assessment of WWE Raw was great. We didn't see a bunch of promos. We saw a lot of backstage uh, segments going down, but it has improved a lot because I'm pretty sure someone got into someone's ear about writing better quality. And that means, you know, promo or outcome or, result. oh yeah, there was a 24-7 match and Ricochet ended up getting it tampered with, I don't know why the only thing is they're putting some top tier stars from NXT into the rent cycle and they're not really letting them out to you know, fine tune them make them better, but Ricochet going one on one with Reginald for the 24-7 championship which no, I mean that doesn't make any sense at all I don't know if if what's going on has something to do with a storied past. I mean, one finger says uh, salute or hello, but, you know, who cares? For those of you who get the joke, um, thumbs up. For those of you who don't, well, take a finger. I mean a number. That was WWE Raw. Now we're on to NXT 2.0, which... I love how they start out the night. You started out, you know, it was Ladies' Night on NXT 2.0 from Orlando, Florida, at the Performance Center. And our at WWE, their new headquarters. Not really. <clears throat> well, b from Hit Hit Row versus Alexa Lopez is some hardcore elements. You got kendo sticks. You had chairs. Lecture Lopez was doing a lot of innovative offense with, your, you know, using, utilizing the steel chair on B-Fab, and Lecture Lopez also proved why she's better than B-Fab. And I really, you know, I thought that was a great opening, and also – I'm also digging Joe who's like this controversial motivational speaker type figure. And he's in the ring. He's like, I got a lot of triggered reactions from the back. And I don't know why, because I'm a man of peace. I'm a man of order. And I just love it because he's like the reverse Kevin Owens. And so um, they also promo the WWE draft, which I believe will be next Friday might want to tune in, folks, because all the rosters are getting shaken up except for NXT. So you might see some people from SmackDown end up on Raw. You might some people see some people from Raw end up on SmackDown. It's called the Mid-Carter Draft. Or you might get a shocker and one big superstar come on the uh, show that you least expect. So we never know. Zion Quinn versus Oni Lorcan. Yikes. And then there was a Braun Breaker. Actually, no, let's see here. Then there's a Pass the Mic again. And this was a tag team. This was a tag team affair. This was MSK, (laughs) Zach Gibson, James Drake, and some newcomers, Jensen Briggs. Hayes and whomever his partner is, so I just, this is really, you know, starting – things are starting as good old JR would say over on AEW. Business is about to pick up, especially since the tag team division had been lagging, folks. This is a huge improvement. I didn't mind the brawl one bit because this shit needed to happen. Now, moving on. Let's see here. Jane. And Gigi Dolan versus Io Shirai and Zoe Starks for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. I thought, you know, this was a very good match. And Mandy Rose does a phenomenal job as a fucking heel. God love you, sweetie. I love her to death. Um, So, <laughs> there's a lot of high-flying moments. You know, Gigi Dolan off the top, you know, with her corkscrew. And then... Io Shirai with a no-look moonsault to the outside. Zoe Stark with a crossbody to the outside. There was a lot, like I said, there's a lot of high-flying during this match. But ultimately, you know, Io Shirai with the moonsault one, two, three. They are still the NXT women's tag team champions, Io Shirai and Zoe Stark. So... <laughs> Let's see here. Oh. All right. The index honeymoon had like a two or three parter. It's pretty funny. I'm sorry. I'm not going in order tonight, folks. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. And then this women's tag title match, there was a nice bridge suplex by Gigi Dolan. And uh even though that was, not you know, didn't get the win, or whatever. You have a Braun Breaker promo. And then you had a mid-card, uh, Boa versus <clears throat> Andre Chase. I mean, that guy's got some talent, but he wrestles in a sweater, fuck's eggs. I don't know how you wrestle in a sweater, but kudos to you, dude. I mean, he's got some skill. Definitely has some fucking skill. So, Boa ended up winning that match anyways. Ridge Holland versus Kyle O'Reilly didn't really care and didn't really, you know, that match, no thanks. Raquel Gonzalez versus Frankie Monet. Frankie Monet is one hell of a worker, and Raquel Gonzalez ended up getting the set-down powerbomb, one, two, three. There was some very good back-and-forth moments, and then... um, (laughs) Toxic Attraction or whatever, I think. Is that their name? Seriously? i You know what? They picked their spots like a bunch of wolves, you know, picking on a bone and – or, you yeah, know, picking on a weak animal or whatever. Raquel Gonzalez just had like a grueling, grueling match. And it was perfect timing, perfect placement, whatever, you know. I thought it was a great setup for, you know, whenever they might face each other for the championship. That would be Mandy Rose. You know it's going to be a good match because, man, he can put on a show, right? Overall, I thought NXT 2.0 was not fairly decent, but it's getting better. And you can tell that people are putting forth the effort to make this a good show. And the tag team division is expanding. It's not just MSK. It's not just one team versus one another like it was in previous you know, moments for NXT's tag division. They've actually never really had a dull moment when it comes to their tag team division in that spectrum of WWE. So, folks, this is um, a nice little segue into – the following content contains expletives not suitable for minors under the age of 18. If said minor goes and tells their teacher to fuck off or repeats what I say on this show, I am not responsible or liable for their actions. If they get detention, thumbs up. But also, just behave, you guys. Just put cotton in their ears. Make them listen to their shitty music, you know, that some of them listen to. And I do mean that with all my Anyways, Off the Rails Uncensored is a trademark podcast. That was coined and phrased off the rails, uncensored, March 7, 2016. Any reproduction or likeness thereof, it will be punishable to the fullest extent of the law, and also a $45 fine will be implemented. The following content contains reflections and viewpoints that are not direct reflections and viewpoints of the following companies, WWE, APJW, AEW, GCW, ICW, so on and so forth. All right, let's get this party started, fuckers. finally have ourselves a great professional wrestling war there's no ifs ands or buts about this because tonight was aew's tribute to Brody lee who passed away and it was a surprise um when he passed at the age that he passed so there was a tribute show tonight, and I will briefly touch base on this show. I won't go over all of it, but I definitely touch base on it. So tonight was a tribute to Brody Lee. There was a 16-man tag match between the Dark
0: Order and Majority, you know, and Matt Hardy's office.
1: That's the. This is the only match I'm going to touch on because it was really cool. To see Negative Zero come out there and, you know, in honor of his dad, be hoisted up by the Dark Order, Evil Uno. You know, Amanda Huber, she came out there and said, get your shit together. And um, the Dark Order and Orange Cassidy ended up victorious. So, I mean, that was pretty cool. And in a moment, folks, where it captures the essence of Brody Lee, especially in his hometown of Rochester, was pretty sentimental. And no, sir, I do not have that time to do that. But, you know, if I did, you know, Pizza Simpson will be on the show on Saturday. And what was your question? Okay, cool. So, yeah, I I did watch majority of what AEW presented tonight. I'm not going to go over the entirety of the show, but I did figure to tell you it's definitely cool to hear the fans getting into it, you know, with Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson. Um, this overall, the show for AEW was awesome. So I will wait till Saturday to go full tilt with my partner, Pete Simpson, whose time will be limited. Uh, you know, there's, he's got other obligations to attend to. So <clears throat> tonight, I will be focused on what it is exactly that drives both AEW and WWE, which, you know, is starting to have some revived content. And some people may bitch about said content, but, I mean, look at what you have going on with Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. You've got a great feud going there. You have a good feud between Finn Balor and Roman Reigns. You also now have the tag team division kind of expanding on both you know sides of the spectrum, SmackDown and Raw, and actually three spectrums. NXT, SmackDown, and Raw have been lagging. They've been lagging really bad about putting continuity towards tag teams. Well, NXT starting to pick up the slack for that. Tag teams can infuse a lot of uh, great ratings. Depending on if the people want to tune in to see it. Let me look at the ratings currently speaking, folks. So, it's not just about ratings for me. It's about the overall fucking quality. And let me
0: just take a look here. AEW
1: clearly has hauled the momentum in wrestling more with WWE. Not only are the total viewers the second highest the show has ever drawn, 681,000 viewers for the 849 demographic beats. WWE's latest most raw. Raw. Let's use 600. That's not okay. So this is just currently speaking, that's only 3,000 more views than WWE. So that means WWE is doing something right. And John Moxley even said on his podcast, "I want WWE to be at their best because if they're not at their best, then it's not fun." It's not fun to compete against a, a you know, a team that's already broken. And trust me, If swim pickings were a fun thing, if you know you're going to be victorious and nobody comes out swinging, is it fun to watch? No. But 678,000, I don't know where this article comes off sitting here saying that AEW is, you know, dominating. That's 3,000 more viewers in the demographic of 18 to 49. However, you know, in the actual rating of the show, it says, um, well, hold on. WWE's latest Monday Night Raw edition, which drew 678,000 viewers in the same category. And this was only a couple of weeks ago. So clearly, and this is, if Forbes is saying it, then you know that we got an issue. So Meltzer, he, he analyzed the ratings. So, yeah, it says October will tell us a lot about the long-term status of the two companies. So, okay. September the most competitive for pro wrestling in the U.S. in decades. Yeah, this is this is what I'm talking about. It's been a while since Pizza and myself, Lady Lynn, or Granny Hulkster, or you know, Icon, or any Heel Marks podcast. I know I'm giving, dropping names here, but all the fans wrestling, all the podcasts, That watched or grew up watching the Monday Night Wars have not seen wrestling like this in quite a while. And it's a great fucking feeling. Why? Not only do you have people returning. You have people getting prepared for pay-per-views and follow-up shows and shows are starting to have... stories behind and like the stories are consistent they're not dropping the stories there's more structure to both AEW and WWE which had been lacking on both ends because AEW was all over the place last year they were fucking great in one instance and then the next instance they would drop a story or create another story or book what should have been the main event they're still doing that but you get what I'm saying, there were certain elements to both sides that were lacking and needed a little bit of fine-tuning or tweaking just a bit. So, the biggest battle is the cable rating with the 18- to 49-year-old demographic. The one ad rates are based on. Okay, so, Monday Night Raw, listen to this. WWE Monday Night Raw has been, it says, Monday Night Raw, WWE franchise, and AEW's Wednesday Night Dynamite have been neck and neck the past three weeks. With the difference between victory and defeat so close, they are well with the Nielsen margins of error. WWE had not lost a weekly cable race since World Championship Wrestling's heyday in 1998, but on September 3rd, AEW Dynamite from Cincinnati, the first show after its all-out paper in Chicago changed all that. The show featured television debuts of Brian Danielson, formerly Bryan, or Daniel Bryan in WWE. So I'm going to skip past that. So let me, let me get this straight. That show did a 0.52 demo rating, the same number Raw did two nights earlier. AEW won on the same day delivery by a... Six 681,000 to 678,000 viewer margin guys you know what that's only the difference between 3,000 viewers and to me that's not saying oh they won really did they I mean yes they won by numbers but now we have ourselves a wrestling war something that hasn't happened in a fucking long while because WCW was dead in the water, and I love saying this. They were dead in the water right after the fucking fact that Goldberg got tased and the NWO literally took over the show and basically essentially killed WCW. They did, and they know they did. WCW, I was a fan of, you know, when it was like Sting and Goldberg and them running around. That was the Monday Night Wars. And then you had, on the other side, WWF. You had Degeneration X. You had... A variety of guys coming in and out, swinging the door, saying, "Hey, fuck you! I'm going to the comp or the competition." So there was a lot of momentum swings when it came to the Monday Night Wars of the past between WCW and WWF or E, you know it's called. So yes, the Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega match, wow, at Arthur Ashe. But also let's see here, Vince McMahon wasn't about to ignore that. So let me just read this off for you folks. It says this past week WWE not only moved his biggest star SmackDown's Universal Champion Roman Reigns. His dream exclusive SmackDown, blah blah blah. So, I mean this is great. It said Danielson made his name in WWE at one point was the company's most popular wrestler Omega made his name in Japan anyways so long story short the Omega Danielson match probably was going to be
0: a fucking draw to begin with so
1: on that you know it says okay the 30 minute raw draw, draw open the show blah 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 sack fight them out in rings to have the better presentation so yeah AEW did sacrifice a lot of ratings or not well you know for the presentation I believe was why they did that Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson which the mat that match was wow I didn't want it to end I was kind of pissed off about the time limit draw but it sets up for whenever so it says um Raw won close with a 0.49 to 0.48. The competition has led to both shows in recent weeks beating everything on cable except football. 90 Day Fiance and The Walking Dead. So, wow, wrestling has got a revival, dude, and that is pretty cool. So, when Big E won the championship on September 13th, one would have figured Ashley would have a rematch on Extreme Rules on Sunday in Columbus. Uh, no, I don't think so. So breaking down the competition as it stands right now, WWE started as a Northeast regional promotion run by McMahon's father, Vince McMahon, in the 1950s, and went you know went national in 1984 behind Hogan. So it said Raw's been a tradition since '93, and the company started on USA Network in '83. This is all you know the origin of what you know. How this war started. Year over year, based on the last complete month, August Raw was up two point two percent in the 18 to forty nine demographic. Smackdown on Fox was up five point seven percent. WWE's third show NXT was down nineteen point nine, but it has gotten an overhaul over the past two weeks. That thus far has increased numbers, AEW Dynamite was up twenty seven point five percent. But August was helped by CM Punk. Appearing for the first time in the final episode of the month, it will end up increasing even more in September. But the exploding numbers are likely a short-term effect of the newness of the latest group of stars. October will be a better look at how much long-term television growth there has been. But these in, these increases are in, in television environment where most things are down significantly significantly in 1849 demographic. So AEW has been selling tickets faster than WWE since both groups started touring in July. WWE has had a big edge in Philadelphia, Houston and Dallas, but markets like Charlotte and Milwaukee have been close, even with WWE playing in major NBA or yeah, yeah playing in the major NBA arenas in those markets and AEW running in a secondary building. Um, AEW has had the edge with male viewers in eighteen to forty nine, while WWE has had a strong edge with women. AEW crowds are much louder. Well, okay. <laughs> crowd's a crowd, but I I will, you know, I've watched AEW and I've watched WWE. I wonder how you can measure fucking decibels at a wrestling event. Come the fuck on. It says WWE is bigger with young kids and the gap over fifty will likely always be large in WWE's favor. Yeah, because if you have edgy T V are you really gonna appeal to a child? No. And if you think about it, there's a lot of Karen's and Kens, you know, walking around saying, I don't want my child listening to that that crap on T V. It fills their head with bullshit. Technically, folks, AEW and WWE are not going the same. So AEW does fewer rematches and matches that end without a winner or loser are rare. Disqualifications and counts don't exist on its television or pay-per-view shows. Because if you have, like I said, well, that element's true. If you have disqualification in a match that's going really, really well and the crowd's into it and then you sit there and end it with a bullshit finish, Fiend versus Seth Rollins. I mean, it goes on. I'm not going to get into that, but uh, it says WWE is heavily scripted by an army of writers, and WWE, or AEW scripts ideas largely decided by owner Tony Khan. Um, it says when WCW folded in 2001, it appeared that the last time WWE would ever face pro wrestling competition – Well, AEW changed all that, so there are a lot of things that we, the audience, like to see. And, you know, so far this wrestling war hasn't disappointed thus far. I mean, it's gotten way better. Nobody is, you know, falling asleep during WWE except for maybe on a few matches. (laughs) <laughs> like Liv Morgan versus Carmella at Extreme Rules, or Doudrop versus Charlotte Flair. Dewdrop did some pretty amazing things. Just I really don't understand why Charlotte has to be this unstoppable force. You know, no one can beat her, no one can go after her. Who's going to challenge her? So what? You know, although if Sasha gets drafted to uh, RAW, she might be the one woman wrecking crew. And she did make it interesting at uh, at Extreme Rules when she interfered in the Bianca's match, which I know people are pissed off about. But you know what? Speaking of you know the wrestling wars between AEW and WWE, if the demographics are saying that from 18 to 49, you know, 651 to 648 thousand listeners or six, uh, viewers, then something must be doing right. Yeah, there's an army of writers and it does sound forced a lot. doesn't sound organic. It doesn't sound like you genuinely hate someone. Although you do need to write for people like Bobby Lashley and people that can't really talk on the microphone. So, anyways, that's a huge key demographic right there. In the 18 to 49, where there's a lot of people who watch wrestling as a therapy, you know what I mean? The 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 age group from 18 to 49. I'm in that category. So they only had 3,000 more views and were acting like they won a whole fucking Super Bowl of, of wrestling ratings. They are dominating because they're not afraid to push the envelope. They're not afraid to cuss. They're not afraid to upset the crowd. They're also, you know, AEW has been known to have The environment through which people want to see violence. They want to see people destroying one another. They want to see flippy flippy shit. Well, some people do. Not all. Some people want to see technical. Others want to see some women wrestle. It's kind of like weird, you know? The NXT women's or not NXT women, the AEW women's division. It's half and half with Britt Baker and Penelope Ford and Anna Jay and Conchi and Nyla Rose and and Zarita Deeb and Hikurushita, which is like their Oscar. Which I haven't, you know, I haven't seen Oscar in forever. I wonder what the hell happened. But anyways, folks, there's that. Those are the reasons why I.
0: The reasons why I
1: think this wrestling war is different than WCW, WWE. One had one element that killed the company, and that was the NWO, essentially. And also, people attribute WCW's demise to Vince Russo. Yeah, pretty much. Because you had him and Bischoff. Bischoff was trying to circulate certain things over and over again like the NWO and recycle them, bring them back, recycle them, bring them back. Impact was much better for him. It was also, well, that's why too because when Hogan and them came, kind of destroyed it just a little bit. All right, so to end this shindig, to end this fucking party, all I'm going to tell you is, <clears throat> as I cough, I'm hoping this competition shit goes a lot better because, you know, I'm been impressed with Raw. NXT 2.0 wasn't half bad. And, um, you know, more power to both AEW and WWE for competing against one another at a time in which, you know, we're going through a pandemic and all this shit. And they're giving us a damn good show. Yeah, every single one of them. So keep it up, guys. And yeah, there's a content revival for WWE, and it's coming. So they got a bit, you know, ammunition to give. Stars come and go, but you know, they have the consistent ones come back and give the fans something to buzz about. They're doing their job. So if you didn't like what good old so if you didn't like what good old Brian Reynolds had to say, then I got three choice words for you: forget about it. Oh no, toodles, bitches! I gotta get some rest. All right, I actually gotta go eat too.
0: Dig it.